This is Recorded Future, Inside Threat Intelligence for Cybersecurity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 83 of the Recorded Future podcast. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Today, we welcome Maggie McDaniel, Senior Director of Insect Group at Recorded Future. She's spent time working in the U.S. government intelligence community, as well as the financial sector. Today, we'll be discussing her recent blog post, Communicating Threat Intelligence Relevance. In it, she describes a framework that helps get to the core of what matters, helps explain what it means for your organization, and provides justification to the powers that be, all while improving communications throughout the company. Stay with us. I was a strategic weapons analyst for a large portion of my career before getting into cyber threat intelligence about four years ago. And I was in a financial services firm at that time. And my role was really taking the technical analysis that was being done by the analysts there and translating it into executive level communications. So it's really relevant to the topic that we'll be talking about today in that basically being able to serve as someone who can communicate that type of information to the masses more or less and uh, served in that role for a couple years and really felt that serving a, a company was extremely rewarding, but that perhaps I could be doing more. And I had some contacts at Recorded Future. I was also a customer of Recorded Future before coming here and uh, super impressed with the product that they provided and the type of talent that they have on board and felt I could make a broader difference across the industry um, in this just rapidly evolving space. It's been an amazing journey for me. This is the first startup I've, I've, I've been in and... Um, like I said, relatively new to the space. And as a mid-career professional, it's just been amazingly rewarding. Now, when you were with Fidelity Investments, so can you sort of take us through, give us some insights. What was the role of intelligence in that sort of environment? Absolutely. Um, a lot of different enterprises, they're, they're going to be organized in, in different ways. And everyone's going to have their own use cases, whether it's using threat intelligence to informed vulnerability remediation, third-party vendor and service provider selection, and then, of course, try to be anticipatory in the type of kind of uh, cyber defenses that an enterprise employs. And for a lot of organizations, you know, my experience has been where uh, we were mapped to more or less a NIST framework. Threat intelligence informed each of those different verticals. So whether it was recovery and remediation, detect and respond, or in some cases... um, feeding into high-level risk under governance and audit. That's kind of where my experiences lied. It's in terms of basically informing all of those verticals to, to better position um, the enterprise to minimize risk. Now, what was, uh, what was your experience in terms of communicating the things that you were responsible for to uh, the higher-level folks at an organization like that? Being plugged in and able to work across multiple verticals is essential in any threat intelligence function because, I mean, w- without the appetite and the consumer of it, it's just it's just information that might sit pretty in a PDF, more or less. And I think in terms of being successful at that, it's important to be able to communicate in different ways. And one of the ways that you can do that is through the written word. 
Um, my experience has been, you know, producing a, a daily product. We would do a kind of a more technical bi-weekly breakfast where we could kind of engage with, with the operators and practitioners and the people who were putting the threat intelligence to work. And then, of course, feeding into kind of more strategic landscape communications where we were looking at it kind of on a quarterly or annual basis. Were there any uh, surprises for you along the way? Any any sort of adjustments that you had to make? Uh, things that made you go, oh, okay, well, you know, th- I-, I thought I had to approach this, uh, this communication uh, methodology this way, but it really works better if I, if, I, uh, if I come at it this way with this particular group of people. A- any stories to share about that sort of thing? Absolutely. And I think if, if you're coming at it just trying to communicate something, you're more often than not going to miss the mark. And it's important to do the legwork up front in understanding what's needed, what's needed where, and not just those, but how it should be communicated to largest effect. Constantly being plugged into that because that changes and evolves over time as the enterprise or company maturity evolves over time. And so having to check in with that regularly is, is really important. And, you know, one of the things um, that I found is sometimes you see when you, when you start off, it's like, okay, it's really important to understand what the threat is. And then once you have a handle kind of on that, you might find yourself in the position, well, it's okay, it's, it's great to know what the threat is, but what I'm concerned with is how does that threat impact our ecosystem? So it's not just, is the threat out there? Are we vulnerable to this threat? You know, and in some cases, there might have been a, a cost-benefit discussion on, yes, we understand that this is the risk and this is a level of risk that we're willing to accept. And so then that conversation changes from not only is this the threat and are we vulnerable to it, but are we seeing activity around this threat kind of along our perimeter? That threshold for risk can evolve over time. It can be influenced by leadership. It can just be influenced by security posture. Um, so staying plugged into those conversations is, is hugely important. And at all levels, right? So kind of not just what's being employed along the perimeter, but strategically, what's the direction that the enterprise wants to go in that might be utilizing technologies that we need to be able to anticipate what could that threat be in the long term to help inform the strategic decision making. And so I think just being plugged into that conversation is important. And it, I mean, it, it, there's actually kind of the government equivalent to that too. You know, it's like we can, as, as analysts, when you follow an issue for a certain period of time or you're at a particular enterprise for a certain period of time, you can intuit what it is that you see on a day-to-day basis. And you kind of almost have that embedded natural instinct of this is important, this isn't important, this is important. But at the same time, it's, did you, as you present that information, being able to show your work, you know, it's like a calculus problem, right? It's like you have to be able to show your work to where you came up with, with the answer that this is important. And that kind of gets into the content, I guess, of the blog post is really being able to take that step back and show your work so that as you're talking about threats in an evolving landscape, what you're saying is, is being heard. You know, I think it's a really interesting point that you make, the communication side of thing. And I, and I think it's particularly relevant for folks who are coming up either through school or who are considering uh, a, a career choice, uh, a shift in their career, something like that, that, you know, I hear over and over again that, yes, you have to know all the technical things, but don't underestimate the importance of, 
being able to communicate, to be able to write, to be able to do a presentation. Absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. It gets, it, it gets back to knowing amazingly awesome things is, is fantastic. You have to be able to, to communicate those things in a way that's as accessible as it can be to the masses, depending on what it is, of course, that, that you're um, you know, writing about. And I think it's important to be able to communicate those things in, in various ways. I mean, this is the, a perfect example. I wrote a blog post and now we're going to talk about it. And a lot of the things that, that we consider when we're trying to communicate about threat intelligence is, are we doing it in ways that assist other people's learning? So, you know, some people are, are great. At, are, they're like, read this or hear this or show me this. And so I, I think being able to maximize the number of outlets that, that you have available to you to communicate is important in understanding how other people learn best about, you know, threats and how to defend against them. So it, it's, it's important to be able to communicate, but it's also important to be able to communicate, I think, in a lot of different venues or media. Well, let's go ahead and dig into the blog post here. It's titled Communicating Threat Intelligence Relevance. Uh, what prompted you to take on this topic? This is a huge passion of, of mine and, and has been. And one of the things that got me into this field, you know, kind of starting out more or less as a, a technical writer is that a lot of us hear about, you know, okay, it's important to know the, the what, that's great. And a lot of times we'll say, okay, so what's the what and what's the so what? And anyone coming out of the, the U.S. government national security field will, will recognize us like, what's the what and what's the so what? But a lot of times we'll talk about the what and we'll immediately make the leap to something that that's the bottom line. And sometimes that's not a clear enough distinction between how you got there for it to resonate, let's say, with an executive level individual who's trying to make a decision. And other times we don't take it far enough. And one of the things that I started in, embracing um, after a, a couple of intel lessons learned um, in the government was it, it's not just the what and the so what, it's the so what of the so what. So try to get it closer to the concepts that are going to resonate most with the people that, that you're speaking with. And then coming in, into cyber threat intelligence, which was new to me, it was, it was a, a new field and working with individuals who, who did a lot with malware and were incident responders and, and very technical, talking them through what they were finding such that I could write about it on their behalf. I found myself saying a lot, okay, well, why is this important? Okay, tell me more about this. Why? And it's one of the things I get to where it's like, it's channeling your inner three-year-old. You, you just why to death to, to get to that, that nugget of, okay, that's it. That's it. That's what we're going to start with. That, that's why we're talking about this. And being able to kind of formulate and lay out the, the, the logic, taking a threat to its getting to the relevance of what that threat is within an enterprise was just really key for me. And I, I typically just immediately gravitate to the so what of the so what is the starting point now, and then take it those, those next steps as we need to, to make it as relevant as possible to the reader. Well, let's go in and explore all of that, because I think uh, it's worth uh, taking some time to explain what you mean by the what and the so what. In the blog post, you've got some examples. So can we start with some of the basics here? What are we talking about when we say the what and the so what? A lot of times, you know, what we'll talk about kind of, well, well what's in it for me? So why, why is this important? Why, why should I care? And the what itself is 
the threat. And, you know, the example I use is the Chinese CNNVD. We had just published a a piece on this around the time I was starting to formulate this blog post. And the what of that piece was basically that um, the organizations responsible for running the CNNVD altered the original publication dates for a couple hundred of the vulnerabilities that were within that database. And we later identified them as statistical outliers in some research. That's the what, that the data that's in, in, in the CNNVD has been altered. Well, the so what to that is that any manipulation around that data undermines not just the, the process, but the individuals that rely on it for threat information. So if you're doing um, business in China or, or you're thinking about partnering with a, with a third-party vendor in China and you're using that data, it can't be trusted. And that's the, the so what of the so what, right? Is you can't trust that and you need to be utilizing other sources. So let's go down the path then. We've got the so what and then we go further down, which is the so what of the so what. What are we talking about here? So that just takes it the step farther. So when you basically say the the so what is that you that the data in the CNNVD can't be trusted, well so what? Well so what is that we need to find another source of information that we can trust to prioritize any sort of vulnerability or patch management within the company. Now in some cases this might seem pretty you know ex- explicit or um, naive, but when you look at more complicated problem sets this is where folks can get, you know, hung up in terms of, you know, if you're talking about like a particular malware, or even in something more you know, managerial in terms of trying to acquire resources, right? You know, we need this, we need this why. Well, why do you need that? Well, because. And so it kind of just takes you down this, this, this logic train of really being able to be explicit and lay out your work. So that's the so what of the so what is that we need to be utilizing other resources and what we currently are when we're talking about this particular example. And then we continue down the path and with the why, why, why. Take us down that path. This works really particularly well with, with complex issues. Um, but even in the example that we're talking about here, which is pretty discreet, it's going back and kind of just revisiting. The publication dates in the CNNVD have been altered. So what is that? We can't trust the data in this data set anymore. It's important because we should be utilizing other data sets. And why is this important? Well, we're currently not doing it. Why are we currently not doing it? Well, because it costs this amount of money. And let's just say, for example, it costs this amount of money. We don't have it in our budget. It's already been allocated. And at that point, you can say, well... What are some other things that, that we can do to leverage this? And in the example I gave, it's like, well, there's a budget meeting coming up. Well, why is that important? Because if we can present this in this way, there's an opportunity for another ask. So that's really more kind of inside baseball within an enterprise. But there's still important questions you know, to ask, particularly if you're in a position of security leadership. So whether that's as a manager or as a a principal engineer or principal analyst following particular issues. It basically positions you to to be able to communicate with executive leadership in a way that's going to resonate with them. Um, I think earlier on in the piece of saying, you know, if you jump from the what to the seventh degree of why is the default, 
oftentimes that can be seen through, right? It's like, well, well, they know that you're you're automatically tying it to the bottom line, but does it really warrant being tied to the bottom line? And when you actually take this and you walk it through each step, it's a little bit clearer with how you got there and there's more confidence in, in why you make the decisions that you make based on the threat information that you're presented. Yeah, it also strikes me that uh, going through this process to prepare for that sort of meeting, if you're presenting to to other folks, uh, this will help prepare you for any possible questions that might come at you. Exactly, e- exactly, and I and that's one of the reasons why I really like using it. Just it, as a manager, when you're talking about, you know, so we're going into the next year's budget cycle. It's like, why am I asking for the resources that I'm asking for? Why do I want the tools that I need to do the job? I think a lot of times what you can see see in this space is, you know, tools for the sake of tools. But, you know, wh- why are we buying the tools that we're buying? How do they all fit together? So this type of model works not only for analysis, but it, it also works in kind of the management framework and, and how you're positioning, you know, your teams for success and being able to articulate what it is you need and why. So do you have any recommendations, any words of wisdom for folks who want to incorporate this sort of framework in in the work that they do? I think that the key is just not being afraid to ask questions, not being afraid to ask a lot of questions. And I I would ask those that are being asked the questions, be open to answering them. Don't necessarily look at them as as a challenge or to put you on the defensive by any means. For the most part, I I know I'm asking them to seek clarification and understanding. And I think the more that we're able to do that, the less opaque a lot of the work that we have to do on a day-to-day basis will be. When you have folks that are looking at this data day in and day out, it just becomes ingrained behavior. And they they really are able to intuit what's important and, and what's not important. And just taking the time to take the step back and understand why and being able to communicate that is just so key. Making individuals effective in their day-to-day jobs. Our thanks to Maggie McDaniel for joining us. You can find her blog post, Communicating Threat Intelligence Relevance, on the Recorded Future website. It's in the blog section. Don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Future Cyber Daily email, where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web. Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast team includes coordinating producer Amanda McKeown, executive producer Greg Barrett. The show is produced by Pratt Street Media with editor John Petrick, executive producer Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.